that in which we uh, sit in the presence of is uh, limitless, or infinite. Like we've said previously, there is no edge to experience. And the more that there's a certain relaxation, physically and energetically, and the more there's a certain um, receptivity of heart, and the more that we disidentify from our habitual thoughts and establish a certain clarity and brightness of mind, the more we have the sense, really, of sitting in the presence of the whole of life. And the more that sense of intimacy with life, contact with life, receptivity to life, is established in our practice, um, the more we cultivate particular qualities and the more the door is open to insights about ourselves and about the way reality functions, about the nature of mind. The more, in other words, to take the language of yesterday, the more we uh, orientate towards freeness and awakening. So as we establish ourselves in this uh, day of practice, I thought it might be helpful just to reflect a little bit this morning on some of uh, these qualities that get cultivated. And firstly, just those elements of orientation that I mentioned, the elements that we can uh, cultivate in each moment, a certain relaxation. Resting into experience as it is. Allowing body to sit and breathe. To be felt. To move. To walk and to stretch. The infinite capacity we have to keep coming further inside our experience. And then that kind of heart element of a certain, cultivating a certain receptivity, a certain quality of welcome to ourselves, to life, to experience. A certain gentle, tolerant friendliness to what's happening. And then that quality of mind, right, which is really just the willingness to leave habitual thoughts alone. To just rather patiently and yet consistently just keep coming back from the usual stuff of planning or worrying, remembering or describing, 
getting fixated on some particular desire or some particular distraction or some particular little drama. Leaving that alone and leaving that alone and leaving that alone. Sometimes many, many, many times, even in a single meditation session. So as to have our mental capacity, our cognitive capacity, be available to experience. So as to have access to the natural brilliance and luminosity of mind. And then we have the real, the kind of fertile ground in which these various liberating qualities can grow. And firstly, just the quality of awareness. We talk about awareness a lot in this practice. And yet, actually to... And I still find this myself after 30 years. You know, awareness is so mysterious. Sometimes we use the word and I wonder, what do I really mean? We can't really find awareness. Because awareness is that which is looking. It would be like trying to see your own eyes. They're what's doing the looking. We can sort of get busy trying to be aware. Even the language I just used, cultivating awareness. Right? As if it's something that we need to what, create or make happen. And yet, meanwhile, of course, we are aware. Right now, you know you're here. Try to not be aware. And you'll see how aware you are. Right? If you're not sure, then try to stop. Please stop being aware right now. Right? That which you can't stop, that's awareness. Just, it's just here, it's just doing the knowing and the receiving of our experience. It's so ordinary that we overlook it. We, we look past the naturalness of awareness towards something we think might be awareness, something that I need to do. Right? It's like the water we're swimming in, actually. Like that image of the fish not understanding what water is. Because it's just it's too close, it's too familiar, it's too all-pervasive. Uh, all so you might ask the fish, please stop swimming. So as the fish could maybe get a sense, oh, I'm, sw I'm swimming? Really? I just thought this was, you know, the way I am. 
unaware. Oh, I just thought this was... Actually, I've never thought about what this was. And yet here I am. This living, this aliveness, this humanness has been switched on long ago. Actually, we don't even remember it being switched on. And here it is. And it's directable. I can actually, uh, I can, and this is the cultivation part, I can direct awareness in ways that seem particularly helpful. I mean, notice if I don't direct awareness, it tends to just go wherever my habits go. Wherever my whims go. Caprice. And, you know, blindly being pushed and pulled around by my whims doesn't seem like it would have the best chance for a successful life, a free life, an easeful life. We generally like the idea of autonomy. We don't like the idea of being constantly told what to do, pushed and pulled around by somebody. But it turns out, when we really attend to our own experience, that we, oh, we, I, I am being pushed and pulled around constantly by somebody. In the Buddhist tradition, we say, by Mara. In the Western psychological tradition, we say, the superego. Normal language, we might say, pulled, just pulled and pushed around by our own habits of mind. Pulled and pushed around by the way the self talks to the self about what the self should be like and what the self should do. It's that pushing around when you start to do walking meditation and you feel like you're going to be very sincere. And then after 20 minutes, whoop, we're off to get a cup of tea. Who, 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 whose idea was that? Whose who's plan was it? Oh, I was pretty clear. No, I'm just going to do walking meditation. That's the practice. But then somebody came and pulled and pushed us around. So on the one hand, it's very simple, this cultivating awareness, because we're already aware. Right? And we're not asking to be aware of anything in particular other than what's already here. Body, sensory experience, passing thoughts. There's nothing in our experience that we're trying to get rid of. And there's nothing in our experience that we're trying to make happen. There's the encouragement, though, to really to know that we know. Moment by moment. To be aware that we're aware. To be aware of what it is that's passing through consciousness right now. Rather than just getting identified with and running off with whatever it is that passes through. So aware of body sitting. Aware of thoughts thinking. Aware of sounds. Aware of whatever stands out. 
And to the extent that we find ourselves easily pulled and pushed around, to that extent, it's so helpful to keep just dropping the attention back into belly and breath. Belly and breath won't pull and push you around. That's why there's a certain refuge in meditation. So, if we find we're easily pulled and pushed around in our mind, just keep, keep your practice very simple. Just recognizing when you've been caught up and releasing and re-establishing simple embodied presence. And there also may be moments where you actually don't feel pulled and pushed around by mind. Where mind actually has quietened or clarified. Where there is Oh, a certain relaxation in the posture, where there is a certain openness to whatever's here, where there is a certain um, stability of attention. And then it may be that your focus of your attention, rather than having to stick with something particular, body and breath, can be more open, more inclusive more exploratory. That's another quality that we cultivate, the capacity to actually investigate experience. Right? Not investigating it just by thinking about it, but investigating by feeling more fully into, by becoming really familiar with. And that's when we start to actually kind of have those aha moments of seeing, oh, that's my habit. That's what I keep doing. That's what it's like when my attention contracts around and fixates upon a particular object. Oh, that's what reactivity feels like. Oh, that's what judgment is. Oh, that's uh, resistance or negativity. Maybe the recognition of some of the uh, big patterns that have been driving our lives maybe for decades. And those recognitions may come from the most ordinary of experiences. You're sitting sitting for some time, some bodily discomfort may be there. Then the familiar mind state starts happening. Oh no, I don't like this. How long is it going to last? Or what's the matter with me? Or any of that stuff that you might do around some discomfort. And yet then we see, oh... If there's that relaxation, if there's that openness, we see the discomfort itself. It's just some heat, some tension, some tingling, some pressure. And right there I might see my habit of mind. I might see that tendency to fixate, 
to make drama, to contract, to push against. And like one of my friends says, the way you do anything tends to be the way you do everything. The way you do anything tends to be the way you do everything. In other words, what you can see yourself doing with this discomfort in meditation might tell you a lot about what you tend to do with anything uncomfortable. Uncomfortable situations, uncomfortable feelings. So we're cultivating awareness. And we're cultivating um, yeah, investigation. I never know what's the best word to use for that. Because all the words we have tend to suggest a kind of cognitive approach. Like an investigator, like a detective. Okay, we're going in, we're making notes. It's not that kind of investigation. Feeling into, becoming familiar with. Vichara, that's the Pali word, to kind of, to handle, to get a feel for, to get a sense of the texture, the characteristics, right? to really, uh, to know that habit of mind clearly, so clearly that we stop being fooled by it we might find that there's a completely different relationship with discomfort that's possible. A free relationship. An awake relationship. And just this kind of laboratory of our practice called body and mind. A constant invitation to meet what's happening. Awareness to explore what's happening, investigation, to understand what's happening, insight. Also to care for what's happening. Another quality that we cultivate, right, just a certain kind of tenderness, patience, spaciousness. The heart gets freed up just by our willingness And whatever else is happening, the way I've spoken a few times about the sincerity of our practice. And sometimes you might feel discouraged, you might feel bored, you might look at your watch, you might start dreaming about Sunday, it's all over. But still, there's a lot of sincerity in each one of you, in each person's practice. And the only proof you need is the fact that you're still here. So letting oneself feel the sincerity of that, even though there may be moments of doubt or discouragement, the more you can recognize your own sincerity, the more that really helps to cultivate this kind of patience, spaciousness. The more we find, sometimes in very obvious ways, sometimes in more subtle ways, but the more we find, oh, 
Um, actually, we look back over the longevity of our practice, however long that is, and we find I'm actually more able to stay with than I used to be. I'm actually more able to uh, recognize what's happening than I used to be. I'm actually more able to care for experience without freaking out about it than I used to be. And and all of that, cultivating liberating awareness, cultivating deep exploration, cultivating insight and care and spaciousness. That's what's happening when we sit down together, sense our bodies, attend to breathing. And that's why we say, oh, that sitting here, there's no limit to what we can be present to. Or the way the Buddha describes it, the whole universe arises and passes right here in this body. So it's in this spirit then that we sit together. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.